I'm Hemant Mehta. And I'm Jessica Blumke. And you're listening to the podcast for FriendlyAtheist.com. We're brought today by Be Secular. Be free to love. Be able to choose. Be accepted no matter your race, gender, sexual orientation, or belief system. Be Secular. Be Secular merchandise allows you to display your support for equality and the separation of church and state, while also donating up to 50% of the profit from your purchase to nonprofits, groups, and artists that support those same values. Go to www.besecular.com. Pick your item and then choose who you want to get the donation from your sale. Listeners of this podcast will get a 10% discount if they use the promo code FRIENDLY. Make a statement. Be you. Be secular. Jeff Lewis is a board member of the Illinois Christian Home Educators Group. It's a group that promotes faith-based homeschooling and provides a variety of resources to Christian parents who want to do just that. He's an attorney who specializes in topics including estate planning and guardianship issues. He and his wife have five children, all of whom have been homeschooled. Did I get all that right, Jeff? Sounds good. Okay. All right. Jeff, thank you uh, for being with us. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, what the ICHE is and what your involvement with them is? Sure. Um, ICHE is an organization that's been around for about 25 or 30 years, and we exist primarily to support parents um, in Illinois who choose to homeschool but who do so from a Christian worldview. And so what we want to do is be able to provide resources to parents, to be able to um, help them uh, in terms of uh, defending their right to homeschool uh, in their communities and in our state, and uh, just being a, a place they can go to get questions answered. We have an annual conference that uh, brings a whole lot of folks to the greater Naperville area, and then we do some smaller events throughout the year that are a little bit more focused uh, for you know particular needs, depending on what those might be. So from somebody who doesn't know, I went to public school, I think, Hemant. Yeah, I went to public school and as well. And used to teach. Yeah, um, and I taught at a public school for seven years. So That's okay. I went to public school as well. <laughs> <laughs> we can all read, kind of. Yes. Um, so what does the average day for a homeschooled kid look like, especially when you have multiple kids presumably of different ages. I assume you don't have quintuplets. <laughs> Quad, no. Quad, um, quintuplets. Quintuplets. Yeah, wow. I have to <laughs> stop and think about that. Yeah. But Scary no, thought. Um, uh, you know, asking an average day, I can tell you what a day in our home would look like, uh-huh. but asking what the average day for a homeschooler looks like, um, I'm not sure anybody can answer that question because – by its very nature, homeschooling tends to be very individualized. Mm-hmm. So you see all sorts of different methodologies, different philosophies. We know people who set up little classroom areas in their house where they, you know, kind of emulate what it might look like to have a miniature school with, you know, workstations or desks or something and things like that. And we know families that go as far from that as you can imagine, you know, where they are very loose with their scheduling and very um, fluid with the way they um, intertwine their their curriculum and teaching concepts into daily activities and so forth. So so I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to answer in a broad context, but... um, you know, I can give you some more specific examples if it would be helpful. Yeah. What did you do in your family? Yeah, in our family, we've actually 
morphed a little bit over the years. Um, we probably started out um, with younger kids. It's easier to be more fluid, you know, because kids' attention spans are smaller when they're younger, so they're not going to sit still for a long time. And at the same time, when you only have one or two kids, it's a lot easier to um, interact with them, you know, on a sort of mobile basis, you know, doing things throughout the home or even out and about and teaching at the same time. But as they get older, um, and, and especially with our kids, our our uh, school days became a bit more structured with, okay, we need to make sure we're carving out time for each subject that we want them to, to be learning. And we want to make sure we have a place physically where they can do those things where they're not going to be distracted by, you know, their own potential amusements or just by other things that are going on in the house. So we now have a uh, an area of the house that we call our school room. It's not a separate room, really. It's kind of part of a room um, where there are some tables, little tables, you know, like a little table and chair set up that they can go and kind of be separated when they need to concentrate and that type of thing. Um, our kids start their school day about um, 8.30 or 9 o'clock in the morning, and for the for the younger ones, which at this point would be late middle school, early high school, um, they tend to be done by probably three or four o'clock in the afternoon most days. Um, sometimes they have other work they're doing in the evenings, sometimes not. So I, that's kind of what a, a, a typical weekday might look like, I guess. Um, out of curiosity, you said that the ICHE group that you work with, they kind of uh, cater, provide resources to Christian families who are homeschooling. Do you know what percentage of homeschooling families in Illinois are Christian homeschoolers? I don't. Um, from my perspective, it seems like the majority, but yeah. that may just be because I'm Christian and because sure. of the organization I'm part of, you yeah. know, I'm not sure I can give you a completely unbiased answer, but um, I know that by and large, uh, what people call the modern homeschooling movement had a, had a lot of its roots in, you know, the, the Christian church and, and in Christian families. So although it's become much more diverse mm -hmm. in the last several years, um, probably the majority are still Christians. So I'm sure you get this question a lot. What was wrong with the public schools that you decided to homeschool your kids? Or was there anything wrong with the public schools? Well, I, I get versions of that question. I'm not sure that I usually get it asked in that way. Oh, good. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Something new. And, Original question. And you yes. know what? Helen, I try very hard not to fix, not to justify what our family does based on you know, criticizing what our public schools do. Um, as I said, I'm a product of, of public schools to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my friends and a lot of our extended family have their kids in, in public schools. And I think we need good, solid public schools in our community. So I'm not looking to annihilate the public schools. Um, so when you decided to homeschool your kids, it, it wasn't necessarily a reaction to a particular school in your area or public schools in general. You just maybe felt it was the right thing for your family? No, it wasn't a, it wasn't a reaction to a particular school by any means, although we are seeing a lot of that these days. It seems like a lot of newer families 
come to ICHE looking for information, and when we ask them their, you know, why they're interested in homeschooling, we're getting a lot more families that are saying, well, because of an incident that happened at my kid's school or because of, and they give us some specifics about a particular school. That was not our situation. Mm-hmm. Um, for our family, uh, we didn't feel that public school was the best way for us to pass on our faith and our values to our kids. And we looked at private schooling as a potential option. Um, at the time, we couldn't really afford it, so it wasn't a realistic choice. But even even so, when we started to learn more about the homeschooling options, it really fit what we felt was our responsibility as parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made it, this may sound strange, I think it made it easier for us to be the kind of parents we wanted to be. Mm-hmm. If your kids were at home and you were educating them? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, you said that the public schools uh, maybe didn't allow you to, I'm sorry if I get this wrong, you said they didn't allow you to kind of pass on the values, the Christian values you wanted to pass to your kids? Did I have that right? Well, I, I, yeah, sort of. I don't know that it's they wouldn't allow it, but yeah, I have to say that um, as the public schools have become um, more secularized and less... Um, open, at least in my opinion, to expressions of the Christian faith and such things, I think it becomes harder for parents who want to pass on their Christian faith because your child goes away, spends eight hours learning at an institution where they're going to get really very little, if any, um, training or education or background in what we would consider theologically important. And then they come home and they have homework and they're tired. And if there's extracurricular activities, you have very little actual, you know, productive one-on-one time with your children. So if you want things passed on to them, it becomes a real challenge to find constructive ways to do that. Let me go back to something you just said a second ago, which is that uh, you you felt the public schools uh, have become maybe more... Uh, anti-allowing this Christian faith? Because I think this is a point of contention uh, between the various sides of this conversation, which is that, you know, when I look at public schools, I don't see it that way. I don't think it's oppressive. Maybe that's not the right word for it, but I don't think it's anti-Christian in the least, um, because I do think there is, there are plenty of ways for Christians, if they want to, to talk about their faith, um, at least within the context of a secular public school. Um, I don't see it as anti-Christian. And I get the sense when I look at what's going on in the homeschool world from an outsider's perspective that that is what I hear from Christians who are deciding to homeschool, that they feel the public schools are somehow anti-Christian. So what's the? Uh, why do we have such different beliefs on this issue? What is it that you might be seeing or people in your group might be seeing that I'm missing? You know, I think that's a good point, actually, because it, it does, to a certain extent, depend on your perspective um, – for one thing, I think it depends on geography. Uh, you know, our state of in Illinois is an extremely diverse state, philosophically, politically. Mm-hmm. You know, you go from um, from Chicago and and you know the St. Louis area to rural Southern Illinois counties, where you know there may not be even twenty thousand people in the entire county. That's a lot of uh, you know different territory, and so some schools. Um, are going to react much differently than other schools just based on the type of culture in that community. 
But I think what I'm seeing, um, in, and maybe this is what you hear from a lot of other Christians, is um, schools allow a certain amount of Christian expression from the students, Mm-hmm. And and that's predominantly because of our First Amendment rights. You right. know, even children have the right to speak about religious things. Right. But schools are very nervous in many areas about adults engaging in those conversations because then schools, um, rightly or wrongly, uh, think that they may cross a line where if an adult is teaching a child education or uh, sorry religious material. Are we crossing a line of church-state separation, or are we going to have parents that are upset because they think we're indoctrinating their children with something they don't agree with? So let me clarify so I, one thing there. I, yeah, please. I don't know if there's a difference between uh, like a football coach praying with his team or a teacher praying with their kids that is, or with the students. That is something I think— uh, the court systems, the school systems have generally said, no, they can't do that. That's mm-hmm. a form of coercion. Um, and that's very different from teaching about the faith. And I just want to make sure we're, uh, are, are Christian families upset because teachers can't express their Christianity in the classroom and like, you know, tell their kids, uh, have a blessed day. Yeah. Have a blessed day or something like that. Or is it something like, uh, you can't even talk about Christianity because I don't think that's the case. You can talk about it, but in mm-hmm. a secular context. Well, and it's interesting because you sort of set up, um, you sort of set the table in a way that works against the Christian faith in that context. Because, look, I don't think I don't think Christianity is just a religion or just a, a choice that you can make in terms of a of, of a lifestyle. I think it's the truth. I think it's what's right. And so, for example, if I want to say, look, I think God really did create the world, and I think that's true, mm-hmm. I can't say that in a public school in a way that, you know, somebody else can say, hey, look, two plus two is four. And and to you, that's the same thing. And to me, that's the same thing. Yeah. And so what would be... I think more helpful would be if people were allowed to express what they believe is true and and then allow for open dialogue of those things. But I think to a certain extent we've gotten af- we've become afraid of that dialogue. Now, there think- seems so much potential for abuse there. Now, now, not just for Christians, but would you feel the same if it was a Jewish school, a Jewish school, a Muslim. a Muslim teacher saying that you know I believe this is the truth, and it goes against both Jeff your beliefs and my beliefs? Yeah, I would. I mean, I tend to. I, I think that the free exchange of ideas uh, is important, and I think that. Um, it, 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 it helps us to be able to talk about those things openly and publicly. And I think that right now, um, and you don't have to agree with me, but I think the Christians in the schools will, will often say the people that are the most, um, I don't like this word, but oppressed are the Christians because there just seems to be a bit of a hypersensitivity uh, right now to in our society to say, oh, wait, if you're going to talk about those things, we got to do it very, very carefully, and we got to make sure that everybody understands that, you know, 
we're not really promoting those things. Well, we'll, we'll come back to that in just a second. I want to step That's back okay. for just a moment and say, yeah, I mean, you're a lawyer. I mean, I assume, uh, I think you litigate in the courtroom sometimes too. Is that correct? Uh, yes. So there are rules like that the court sets. I mean, I don't think you would be going into court, correct me if I'm wrong, and saying, you know, I think this, I want to defend my client. I'm representing my client. You're not going in that setting and claiming uh, some religious truth in a courtroom setting because you have to work off of like objective facts, I guess. Am I right? Like, is there a parallel there or is that an unfair comparison? I don't think it's quite the same. I mean, I don't go into a courtroom to, to try to prove the validity of Einstein's theory of relativity. You know, I mean, I don't go into a courtroom to talk about, um, when, when I'm going to a courtroom, I'm dealing with observable facts and there is going to be a process where we're going to take those observable facts and apply uh, something non-observable, rules of law. And so I'm not sure, um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that's a, a fair parallel. And, and what I'm saying is, in terms of teaching the public schools, I, I'm not saying that the public schools should adopt a Christian um, curriculum necessarily. I mean, personally, I think they should, but I'm not saying I'm not telling you that our government needs to mandate that at this point. What I'm what I'm concerned about is that I think we've swung the other way and we've uh, become almost afraid to talk about those things in the in the school system. Well, first, first, let me say I I actually appreciate that you rather than trying to say I think schools should take, you know, campaigning for schools to take on Christianity. I appreciate that you made a choice that's right, that you feel is right for you and your family and are affecting your family instead of trying to change the public school system. That said, when you, I just have real concerns. I think there's one thing to have a philosophical debate with 17-year-olds, but I just, I would have real concerns as somebody who, I don't have kids, but if I did, I, just like you do, I would want to raise them with a certain set of morals and a certain worldview and things like that. And if a five-year-old goes into kindergarten, I don't know if that age sounds right, yep. but five-year-old goes into kindergarten and their teacher is telling them that, well, I believe God did this. And I believe God created that, the world in six days. Or that and sinners Jesus are going to hell. Yeah. I wouldn't feel comfortable. I wouldn't feel comfortable with that happening. Does that make sense to you? That makes entire sense. In fact, that's exactly why our kids didn't go to public schools. Because I think... Most of the approved curriculum uh, that the teachers can use and most of the things that the teachers are allowed to talk about are from a, a secularist, humanistic viewpoint, and that's not what I want my so kids to be hearing eight hours a day. So I let's want talk them to about hear it, yeah. but I don't want them to hear it eight hours a day. So let's talk about uh, the subjects that are affected here, because I don't think math is going to be one of those affected areas. That's right. pretty standard down the line. Um, maybe even some of the extracurriculars are not affected. But, um, and by the way, I should say this backstory for our listeners because if they want to know, uh, Jeff, how we met, um, long story short, uh, you guys, like you said, you had a conference in Naperville. I happen to live in Naperville. <laughs> and so I, you, you uh, gave me a tour. I, I asked if I could visit and kind of take a look around what was going at your homeschool conference. And you were kind enough to give me a tour around the place. So I got to learn a little bit firsthand about what was going on here. And one of the things I talked about with you when we were walking around there is there were a lot of publishers selling textbooks for families to use 
of to teach their kids different subjects and everything. And really, the two subject areas that were most influenced here, I guess, were science, for obvious reasons, I guess, mm-hmm. and history, too, because uh, history might take a world, uh, might take some positions that, uh, that I don't really understand as much why that's as controversial, which we could talk about. But science is the big one. That's the one everyone talks about. Because if you're teaching evolution, uh, Christian families who believe in creationism, I guess, would be opposed to that. Is there some value, though, in having your kids understand what the majority of scientists believe about this area? Um. I think there's a lot of value in having our kids understand what all manner of scientists believe about this. Uh, don't get me wrong. Our kids know, I mean, I'm not saying this to, to boast, believe me, but I think our kids know more about evolution than most public school kids of the same age. Mm-hmm. But they also know a lot more about creation than those same kids. Um, I'm not saying don't teach the kids. What I'm saying is we wanted to teach it our way in our time and in our environment. Uh, you know, I mean, you might be right. There might be t- subjects that our kids could, could go to the public school, sit through the class, do the material, and it wouldn't have any worldview impact at all. Right. Um, but the public schools aren't interested in that. They're interested in either your kids come or they don't. We can't really send our kids part-time. Right. Mm-hmm. So given that choice, we'll choose to abstain. Sure. So uh, one of the issues, uh, I mean, this comes back to the whole homeschooling idea. This is, so I taught at a public school, like we said, for a lot of, uh, for several years, went to a public school too. Um, I guess, let me ask you this. Would you try to, I want to go back to the, the controversy thing. I know Jessica still has some questions about that too. <laughs> <laughs> would would you ever try to convince me it, when I have kids like that I should homeschool them or would that not e- is converting people to homeschooling is that not something you want to do? Oh, that's an interesting. Question. No, I'd rather your kids went to school and hope that they would meet a Christian teacher. <laughs> but what do you think that Christian teacher would do? Because I mean, hey, no doubt, Chris, they are going to meet a Christian teacher. I mean, they are going to meet a Christian teacher, and our kids know atheists. I'm just right. being. I'm just. I know you you're know, teasing around. I hear you. Um, no, I, look, homeschooling is not the answer to all the world's problems, and it's mm-hmm. not the only way to raise children. Um, now, some of my friends are going to smack me around for that statement. but <laughs> I don't um, know if your friends are going to listen to this podcast. Yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's, um, it's not our tar- target demographic. But, uh, you know, I, I believe that the answer to the world's problems is faith in the God who created the world and in understanding who Christ is. So if getting that through the public schools is the way to get it, I got no problem with that. So let me ask you, there's a lot of, there are a lot of Christian families who want to instill those particular values into their kids. They send their kids to public school and they manage to teach their kids about their religious beliefs too. Like there's a good separation there between this is school where you learn what everyone learns in a Mm -hmm. sense and when you come home, we're going to teach you these specific views for our family, our worldview. Um, are those families doing something wrong? Is there some reason that doesn't work or it's not as effective, you think? Well, I think for our family, that wouldn't have been as effective. But I do, I mean, I have friends that do just exactly what you said, and they do it very well. Mm-hmm. And our kids play with their kids, and I have a great deal of respect for them. Um, 
So I don't, again, I, I don't think you have to homeschool as a Christian parent. Mm-hmm. I tend to think that for a, probably the majority of Christian parents, they'll be more satisfied if they homeschool, but I can't speak for everybody, and I certainly don't want to try to say that's the only way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff, I have a question that is going to sound sarcastic, and it sincerely isn't. Um, when you're at your... Uh, when you're at the the conferences, the ICHE, do you ever come across parents who are homeschoolers and you think to yourself, oh, shit, like this, these parents should not be educating their kids. Like these kids need to talk to like a qualified <laughs> professional, not because they're bad people, but just like they're not uh, properly smart? suitable to <laughs> they're not educated <laughs> enough. They don't know enough about sure. the subject areas. I'll, I'll give you an answer to that. That's going to sound equally sarcastic. And I honestly don't mean it to be. Um <laughs> I grew up in a, I mean, I went to public schools. My mother was a public school teacher. Uh-huh. Um, my wife was, was trained to be a public school teacher. She, we had kids very early on, so she didn't really spend much time teaching, but, and some, some very good friends of mine are public school teachers. I've met as many parents that are like you just described that I've said, Ooh, I'm not sure they should really be homeschooling as I've met teachers that I've said, Oh, I really wish they weren't teachers. Oh, that's not a bad point. Okay, so here's again, let me rebut I'm not, that. I, I'm not saying that to criticize teaching. I'm right. no. saying yes, there are people out there that are going to be in the wrong area at the wrong time. And yeah, yeah. let me let me offer a rebuttal to that. At least when it comes to teachers, there are standards they're supposed to meet. Mm-hmm. There is a way to review them, and I know there's a, a controversial thing about you know can you even fire bad teachers in this day and age? It's very hard, mm-hmm. but there are standards they're supposed to meet. There are ways to get rid of them if they are bad. If people go through the right process, there is no regulation when it comes to homeschooling. And from my understanding, a lot of Christian homeschooling families and organizations are always fighting for less regulation. And this is one of the biggest concerns I have about homeschooling in general, which is that at least if a public school teacher is bad, at least in theory, there are ways to fight back against that. But if a parent is bad at educating their kids about these issues, those kids are just screwed. Like, why? And actually, yeah. that's not true. There are regulations. There are laws that we have to follow. Is that Every- just in Illinois or is that everywhere? Every state has its own set of laws so far in our country the the educational standards for all schools, public, private, homeschools, they're all state by state. So every state is going to have its own regulations for whatever your method of education is. Um, but there are rules we have to follow, and there are ways that we deal with parents who aren't doing the job the way that the law requires. What are the consequences of that? If if a kid, f- say, fails their standardized tests or whatever time and time again. Which they don't even have to take in oh. some places. That's well, my not concern. in Illinois, they don't have to take standardized tests. Right. In some states, they do. Um, if a parent isn't educating their child properly, they can... There's a there's all manner of things they can do. It's handled um, through the court system, usually, and it can be as as um, simple as getting help for those parents in the form of you know tutoring, counseling, what have you, or it can be as um, drastic as taking the children away. And it has mm-hmm. happened. Now, but how would we know those kids are not learning what they need to learn? Just the bare minimums in all of these subject areas, because. Again, correct me if I'm wrong. In some places, we really don't know that information until it's too late. And in some states, parents don't even want to fill out forms that say, this is the curriculum I'm using. Um, 
you can come in and check up on my family to make sure the kids are learning some basics. Like you said, standardized tests, that's out of the question in some states as well. How do we know, other than self-reporting, which I don't think is very reliable, how are parents going to know that they're not doing what they need to do? Well, the problem I have is that the methods that people have tried to impose on homeschoolers, such as standardized testing, curriculum review, that type of thing, those are methods that are based on the public schools. And so far, all of the research shows that, by and large, homeschoolers do much better academically than public schoolers of similar ages. So to say we're worried homeschoolers aren't doing a good job educating So we're going to impose on them the same procedures that have not done as well. I don't see that that's a solution that makes any sense. I don't think I'm arguing about homeschoolers in general. I think when you can give kids that individual attention and, you know, one-on-one tutoring, even with an outsider, um, yeah, I think they're going to be pretty well off. And again, in the hands of someone like you and your wife, where you've clearly devoted the time and resources I'm not really worried about your kids. I mean, I'm worried about the Christian aspect, but that's a different story. But I'm not worried about, like, most homeschoolers who are really doing this and doing it well. I worry that there are a small minority of homeschooling parents who will, who their kids are going to fall through the cracks because of that lack of regulation, even if the majority of them may be better than public school students. And we're never going to develop a system of regulation that's going to prevent students from falling through the cracks. Mm-hmm. It just won't happen. And so I think allowing freedom for parents to raise their children, which is their responsibility, as opposed to the government imposing its requirements on how to raise their children, makes a lot more sense. So I guess uh, what are groups like ICHE in other mm-hmm. states, too? Um even if they don't want the same sort of regulation that public schools may have, maybe standardized testing. I can understand if those families say, no, a standardized testing isn't the way to test whether my kid knows uh, you know, some amount of material. Um, I can understand that argument. What I don't understand is how come some of these groups are not fighting for some alternative method of regulation that they think may be suitable instead. I, I mean, it's not like they're proposing an alternative way of, of regulation. It's that they want nothing whatsoever. They don't want to be accountable to anybody. And I can I can understand where they're coming from, but isn't that best for kids everywhere? Isn't that something you, as part of ICHE, would be concerned about? Because otherwise you have no idea if all these parents are doing even, you know, the bare minimum. Well, I I disagree. Um, First of all, I don't think that anybody's arguing for absolutely no um, responsibility. I mean, as I said, there are rules we have to follow, and we follow them. Um, I mean, you know, the parents that do it right follow the rules. Uh, I guess what concerns me is there are – I would be very curious for somebody to actually study this information. As far as I know, it's never been done. Most of the families that are brought into court or even, you know, had have any kind of investigation done about educational neglect yeah. are homeschool families. Why aren't the children that are failing in our public schools facing similar situations where parents are being charged with educational neglect because they're not following up on what their kids are or are not doing in the public schools? I actually don't disagree with you there. I think, I mean, believe me, I wish there were better ways to hold parents accountable 
for uh, their kids who go to public school too. Um, but at least, again, in theory, there are ways to help those kids. The kids aren't the ones always screwed over in the public schools, at least in theory, because there are ways of knowing that, look, this kid doesn't know this material. Mm-hmm. This kid needs special help. And there but are I wouldn't ways know of that. knowing that. Are but, there? Oh, sure you would. Sure, sure you would. If you, if you had a family member, you know, if you had a niece or a nephew and you know, was six, seven years old yeah. and couldn't read. Yeah. You would, you would know that, you know, if you had, an, you? if you had, a, if you had a conversation with a 12 year old yeah. and you know, they couldn't put basic sentence structure together, yeah. you would know that. Um, I mean, I hope things, that's the case. I, my, my worry is that I, I've worried that that's, it's so much easier to slip through the cracks that way. Um, I don't think it is okay. uh, because we're just not going to agree on that. Yeah. I think, I think you're afraid of, what could happen? Yeah, I'm looking at what really does happen, and I see a lot of families um, wrongly persecuted because a friend, a neighbor, a family member calls DCFS, calls the school truant officer, calls somebody and says, "You know, I don't think they're doing a good job." And it turns out, after investigation, they were doing a fine job. But somebody got nervous and felt it was their job. So at least at this stage in our society, homeschoolers are still being looked at pretty closely. And it's pretty hard to hide as a homeschooler. So I think we have a lot. So in any event, I think people that are going to have issues, they're going to be found out. And our system has a way of dealing with it. Okay. I want to go back to one thing that uh, otherwise atheists are going to be mad at me because we didn't go back to this. Uh, you said that one of the problems with the public school, uh, like a science class or something, is that let's say you want to teach your kids about creationism or something. Mm-hmm. Public school teachers are told, no, you can't talk about that. And that that's true. They can't. They can't t- tell you that it's a real scientific theory because it's not. It is a faith-based thing. Mm-hmm. We may disagree on that. Um, but I guess... No, actually we don't. Okay. I just think that evolution is also a faith-based theory. Okay. So my... Uh, I guess the question I want to ask is, if what's wrong with going sending kids to a public school, even if you're from a Christian family, because they're exposed to stuff that has been tested and discussed and you know picked apart by the scientific community, and then trickled down to the public school classrooms? It's not like they're learning theories that have never been thought out before. You know, they're learning the final step. These are the things we absolutely know that you need to know if you want to go into a scientific career. And that's why we're teaching you this. Um, I don't see the problem with that. And I worry that if you, uh, in your ideal world where teachers are allowed to, uh, in public schools, you know, put their own thinking and religious thoughts into the classroom, it just opens the door to all these crazy theories. Mm-hmm. Um, I think creationism's in that mix, but I think that opens the door to like anything Anybody's and everything. Creation, Anyone's creation story. myth, yeah. Well, I guess which is better, um, saying that we're going to pick one theory and that whoever's in charge of academia gets to determine which theory that is. And well, it's not like they're pulling them out of a hat. I mean, yeah. this is the consensus of, of the scientific, scientific community. community. <laughs> We've said that except before. That you have a, except that you also have a large portion of the scientific community who doesn't agree with it. Mm, I, I think we're, we, <laughs> we both have a very different definition of how large that segment is. Well... So be it. So be it. Um, uh, I actually had a question. What would you, I'm not sure how old your kids are, 
But what would you say if your kids did ask to go to public school or or even a private school after they have been homeschooled after or something? Been homes- I mean, if you're, and I guess what would happen if like a six year old asked versus a sixteen year old? What what would your reaction be? Um. I, well, I'm trying to remember if our kids have ever asked. I don't think they ever have. Um, they've asked to go visit. It's kind of funny, especially when they were littler. You know, they wanted mm-hmm. to. Um, you know, they wanted to see what their friends were doing. So they're like, can we just go for a day and see what it's like? And I said, you know, they probably wouldn't like that. So <laughs> no, <laughs> um, but, uh, but surely you've dealt with that issue before with, uh, people, you know, Oh, sure, 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 sure. And, and, you know, I've got friends, um, whose kids, especially kids that have been in the public schools and then come home yeah. and for whatever reason they want to go back or what have you. Um, uh, again, it's going to depend on the family situation for us, for my wife and I, we we would be hard pressed um, to ever send our kids full time to public schools. Now, our kids have taken classes, um, junior college. You know, again, the, our local public schools don't allow us to send them in part time, so sure. that's not an option. Um, but we, I wouldn't be opposed to that. To say, well, if the school would allow you to come and take, you know, a math know, class or something, a math class, a physics class, whatever. I, I, uh, for an older child of mine, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to that. For a younger child, I probably wouldn't do it. Um, but that's an individual choice that we've made. But you wouldn't be opposed to it if there was a way to work that out? Um, or would you, you know, if a kid came to you and said, um, if your child personally, and then I guess I'm asking for the broader picture here. Sure. Uh, if your child said, I... I want to be around more kids. You know, I don't want to just be around my family. And maybe they were like 14, 15. So they, they have an understanding of that. Uh, would you, would you say no to them? Um, it's not that easy. Uh, I would have to have a pretty lengthy discussion with them to try to get to the heart of why are you wanting this? You know, is it because you feel like we've denied you access to people in general or just certain people? Um, you know, especially when you're in those teenage years, there's way too many dynamics at play. It's never as simple as I just want to go play with my friends. Sure, sure. Um, I, I'm. I guess the best I can answer that in in short form would be to say, I'm not adamantly opposed to any of those things, but I'm also not going to automatically do it just because my child wants it. Sure. I mean, it's a family discussion. You're going to have to have that it's discussion. A, it's a family discussion, and ultimately it's still my responsibility as the parent to try to figure out what's going to be best for my child. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, let me ask you a totally different question. Within the ICHE, what are the big issues that you are concerned about? Like, what do you guys talk about in terms of this is a problem our organization needs to be dealing with? Because I would have no idea what you guys talk about on a regular basis. What are you guys concerned about right now? Well, that's actually changed somewhat over time because when the organization started, and I've only been with ICHE for, uh, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, as part of their leadership team, um, my wife and I went to a conference, our first conference, probably more than 20 years ago. But anyway, um, when the organization was first getting going, the issues really had to do with the legalities of homeschooling and, you know, what was allowed, what wasn't helping parents to understand what the, what the legal regulations were and helping parents to find just resources. There was no curriculum out there. There was, you know, there was nothing. And I should, let me interject for a second. When I went to your conference this past summer, 
I was stunned by how many resources there were. Um, so like, I think one of the conversations we had is like, if you wanted to offer your kids music education, Mm -hmm. that was available, whether it was one-on-one tutoring over Skype or, you know, a a CD that you could toss in a computer or something. So clearly the resources are there now in a way they weren't before. So in terms of resources, one of the things that we're concerned about is it's actually swung the other way where there are so many resources now, parents just stand there in the middle of, you know, (laughs) like our vendor hall going, I don't have any idea. You know, it's like going into, you know, Costco and saying, <laughs> okay, I, this building is full of books. Which one do right. I pick? Yeah. You know, right. so that's one thing that we, we struggle with is how do we help parents to evaluate these things? Um, and with the internet, you know, there's something new every day. So. Right. Can you do like a Yelp review of Christian science exactly. books? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, another thing that we're struggling with, and this is something I kind of alluded to a little while ago in our conversation we're seeing more and more parents that are pulling kids out of schools as reactions to things. What sort and of things? Um, it can be all manner of things. It can be bullying. It can be bad social environments. Um, it can be a problem with a teacher. It can be my kid is just not learning and he's falling behind. Um, there's all, we get all sorts of different reasons, but, um, you know, for my wife and I, we've homeschooled our kids from the beginning, so we don't really know what it's like to take a 10-year-old and pull them out of school in the middle of the year and go, okay, you're going to be homeschooled. You know? Right. Um, so we're having to, to be more thoughtful about how do we help these families and, and how do we help them adjust? Because it is a very different way of educating. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just and a very different way of living life as a family. Do you ever have any concerns about um, social interactions among just kids their own age? Obviously, you have a few kids, so they see other kids. Kids, but do do no. you ever have any concerns about that? No. Okay. It's kind of funny, you know. If you if you ask anybody who's been homeschooling for more than a year, what's the biggest question you get? And it's always that same question. Yeah. yeah. What about what about socialization? What about kids interacting with other kids? Uh, I I think both in terms of. Um, the few studies that are out there and more importantly, just the experience of Mm -hmm. the homeschool world in general, it's not an issue. Let me ask you one more question. And I think this may be unique to the Christian homeschooling movement, which is that I think if you are raising your kids in that Christian environment, it is theoretically possible that, you know, if you, let's say you homeschool them through high school age and they've kind of, even if they socialize, they've socialized with other Christian homeschooling families. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but that happens a lot. Um, and they might even go to a Christian high school, if if that, or they go to a Christian college. At some point, they have to escape that bubble. They, they're they going to be outside of that bubble at some point. And I wonder, because even if you're a secular homeschooler, uh, which there are, and it's a small but growing movement there, too, mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty easy for them, I guess, maybe easier than Christians, to adapt to a wider environment. Maybe I'm biased when I say that. I wonder if it's weirder when kids who have grown up in the Christian culture for so much of their life until they're 18, until they're 22, is it more of a culture shock when they're finally out into the world where all these other belief systems are out there? And I wonder how you inter- how do you deal with that? How do you teach your kids to deal with that uh, when they have to be around a lot of people who may not believe the way they believe? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, our kids, again, speaking personally, that's not a problem for our kids because they're used to it. I mean, our, we we have not 
quote unquote sheltered our kids. Uh-huh. Uh, they they know what's out there. You know, we've we've done a lot of um, comparative religious and culture studies and so forth. So when they hear things and see things from a different perspective, different religion, different culture, they've it doesn't make them uncomfortable at all. They're very comfortable interacting with that. That sounds very academic, though. <laughs> like, there's a difference between this is what a Muslim believes, this is what an atheist believes, versus actually being around them on a regular basis, I guess. Well, we're a bit fortunate, and I, obviously this is unique. We're fortunate because we're in a, a university community that we literally have every aspect of yeah. the international culture at our front door. So, yeah. no, 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 they really interact with people. It's not okay. just reading a book about, hey, what do the Muslims <laughs> do in Saudi yeah. Arabia believe? You know? yeah. <laughs> um, but, but I guess to try to tackle the question on a broader scale, yeah. um, sure, there are going to be kids that are more sheltered and kids that are less sheltered. I don't think it's possible to entirely shelter children anymore. I mean, just given the internet and, you know, I mean, it, when our kids were, were younger, you know, we tried to like limit things that they would see on television and we'd say, Hey kids, let's, you know, watch the baseball game or the football game or something thinking, okay, this is going to be completely morally neutral until a commercial comes on. <laughs> <laughs> want to buy some <laughs> you know? Viagra? There you go. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, anything you ever wanted from the drinks to right. the drugs to whatever, you know, <laughs> and, and I'm not necessarily, you know, bashing that. I'm just saying there's so many ways that our culture impacts us, yeah. you know, walking down the street, going to, to the mall, looking at the magazine rack at the grocery store, mm-hmm. they're going to be exposed to things. Um, yeah. I do buy my drugs when I see them on baseball commercials, <laughs> I guess. <yeah. laughs> you know, no. I think, so So kids are going to be exposed. Yeah. I think what concerns me a little bit from the, you know, just from, from the environment I'm in most of the time, is I think there are parents that don't engage their kids about those things. Yeah. And so, you know, the parent sees the TV commercial, the kid sees the TV commercial, and they both pretend it never happened, mm-hmm. and uh-huh. there's never any discussion about it. Yeah. I've seen movies like that with yeah. my parents sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so I'm not so much concerned about, will you know, have the kids been exposed before they leave the house? Yeah, yeah they've been uh-huh. exposed. What I'm concerned about is, have the parents and the kids had some honest discussions about those things sure. so that the kids can learn how to process them? Sure. But honestly, that's not a problem for the Christian homeschoolers. That's a problem for every parent, you know. Jeff, every thanks. parent gets really, really uncomfortable when those things come on, and they're of like, course. okay, my, my 10-year-old just saw the Viagra commercial. What am I supposed <laughs> to say? Right. You know. Jeff, so. thank you so much for joining us. I have to say, like, there's so many things that yeah. I want to debate you on, and I'm sure people who are listening, especially the atheists who are listening, are going to be like, why didn't you fight back on this? And part of that's the time constraints and all that. Um, But I do have to say, there are very few people I've met who I want to have that conversation with, Mm -hmm. and you are are one of those people that I feel I could have that conversation with, so thank you for doing that. I appreciate that, Emma. It's very kind of you. And I'd be happy to have some of those discussions. I don't expect you and I to come to agreement on all of the fundamental points. But I do think that there needs to be more dialogue about those things. And if there's ever a time I can answer questions about some of those things, I'd be more than happy to. Don't worry, I'll send you a long email with all the complaints (laughs) I get after we air this. So thanks so much, Jeff. Have a good one. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the podcast for FriendlyAtheist.com. 
This episode was taped at Cinnamon Sound Studios in Aurora, Illinois, and the music was written and performed by Brad Chagdis. If you like what you're hearing, please consider making a contribution at patreon.com slash hemant, that's he-man T. We appreciate your support. I'm Hemant Mehta. And I'm Jessica Blumke. We hope you'll join us next time. Thank you.